like it's been a minute, but really it's only been what Wednesday, I think the last time I was live with you guys. Anyways, welcome to the Melanated Way. I'm Linda Entwe. We are catching up with 90 Day Fiance, The Single Life. Uh, episode one and two from season three, to bay or to not bay, and as well as make me a match. And you guys, you know what? I'm actually enjoying this season so far because it's so outrageous that I'm just, I'm 100% here for it. So first and foremost, let's do a little bit of housekeeping. Uh, hey, Mandy. Hey, girl. Hey. Hey, Vanessa. Hey, girl. Hey. Um, let me just fix this real quick because it's really bugging me. So right there so uh bottom of your screen you can see where you can support the melanated way cash app venmo paypal linda so girly as well as on youtube super chat super stickers are available uh support the show it allows me to continue to create and bring you all the content uh shout out to joslo who's our new patreon subscriber welcome to the family can't wait to see you tomorrow for news and gossip um Let's just get right into it. So I want to talk about Natalie. <clears throat> Natalie. I feel like you guys, when we met Natalie a few years ago, that she was 37, but she just stays 37. So apparently she's 37 and she's in LA. She's loving LA because, you know, she's always wanted to be a model and actress, all the things. Allegedly, you know, back in Ukraine, she was a journalist. So that's what she was wanted to pursue. And so she met this dude, Josh, who is living that lifestyle. He invited her to L.A. and she came out to L.A. So she's on a Hollywood tour um, telling us, you know, she's looking for real love. She's in the city of angels. She feels like she's an angel. So she's in the perfect city. I died of laughter when she said that. Uh, she really feels like she belongs in Los Angeles and maybe she'll find love with Josh. Maybe she won't. I don't know. She's very serious immediately, if not sooner. Um, and she, she said something that just cracked me up, you guys. So she said that she recently found out that Jason Momoa is single. You know, obviously we all know that Jason's Aquaman. We know him from Game of Thrones. He's a sex symbol in Hollywood and she's like, well, you know, I found that he's single. He's Aquaman. I could be his mermaid. And I was like, Natalie, he, Natalie, oh, Natalie, you and everyone else. That's all I have to say. You and everyone else. So she explains that she's been in the U.S. for a couple of years. Um, and she does this weird analogy. She's like, you know, she considers herself a river flowing and going and emotional and rivers are emotional. I was like, I don't even understand what you're saying right now. It doesn't make any type of sense, but you know, we all know that you're a little extra. We all know that you're very emotional and you know, you have a plan and I don't know necessarily if her plan is the plan that is going to work for her because Honestly, the thing that I don't understand about Natalie, you guys, is that she makes it everything such a big deal. And meanwhile, you know, she's been married three times already. So if you want to talk about being unluckily in love, that's her. I don't feel like she should be in a place to be so judgy, judgy and so demanding, demanding. Do you know what I mean? Like, we've been there, done that with you. And clearly it's not working. But she acknowledges that she's a total mess. And she says her words, quote, which I thought was funny because at least she acknowledges it. She says, I'm a total mess. Whatever. God bless. 
right? And she's like, you know, I love Michael, her third husband, but she was like a fish and he was like a bird and they couldn't agree on anything. And then she said that he didn't support her dreams, so she left him. And I'm like, well, I find that... I find how you're explaining that situation just a little bit different because yeah, you laugh, but it wasn't because he wasn't supporting your dreams is you guys were not on the same page and you guys fought all the time. It just didn't make sense to me, but you know, whatever. So she moved to Florida to pursue her modeling and that's where she met Josh, who's 40 and she automatically had like a super vibe with him. She clicked with him. Uh, but she had concerns because she's a very jealous person, which she recognizes. And she is, quote, love needy. And I thought that that was the truest thing that she could say, you guys, because she is really, really needy. Like she wants 100% of the attention, 100% of the time. And she wants to move on her pace and no one else's pace. She wants to make sure that, you know, like she said, she came to America to find love, get married, have a kid. And, you know, she's on marriage number three already and it hasn't worked. So she has her own internal pressures. Plus you guys, I think that she has a lot of insecurities that she hasn't dealt with. That's, that's my vibe from hers. I think that a lot of the craziness comes from the fact that she hasn't dealt with her personal issues. So she's talking about Josh and she is upset that he has two kids with two different women. She feels like it's not normal. It's not normal in Ukraine, um, but she's attracted to him. So when he invited her to LA, she's like, yeah, I'm going to come. So she gets to LA early morning and he's working, right? So he's like, I'm going to meet you later because he's busy and he can't see her till like 8 p.m. And she's upset about that. And she's worried because he works in modeling, the modeling industry, that he's around models all the time and beautiful women all the time. So he's going to be like, oh, she's not good enough, which really is her own insecurity as well, you guys, right? So she goes on this um, Hollywood tour. And then after she is booked to do a photo shoot to update her portfolio, um, with this photographer that works with Joss, Damon. And so she has a, you know, looked like a pretty successful photo shoot. She looked beautiful. You know, she had a few looks going on there. And she decides that she's going to ask Damon about Josh. And, you know, what's his story? She's feeling vulnerable and insecure. She doesn't want to get hurt. You know, she wants ultimately to get married and have a kid. And Damon's like, you know, I'm at my job. I'm just doing my job, taking some photos. Have you actually talked to Josh about this? Like, I think you're talking to the wrong person right now. You should talk to Josh and you should let him your let him know your concerns and your wants and your needs, which absolutely makes sense, you guys, right? Like, it absolutely makes sense. But that's the thing about Natalie. She doesn't communicate her wants and her needs, right? And And you know that on our show, we always talk about yeah, you have to talk about the things that you want in a relationship before you get in a serious relationship. Talk about kids, talk about religion, talk about money, talk about sex, because all of those things are going to come into play at some point. And if you're on totally different pages, then at some point you will get hurt because you're not connecting with the person, or maybe that person wants completely different things than you. So <clears throat> she does all that. 
it's you know time for her date so she's meeting with josh she's super nervous she hasn't seen him since their florida date now don't forget that this is only their second date right so she met him in florida they went on a date they had some chemistry and you know he travels a lot for work so he's now in la and so yeah second date y'all she gets all dressed up she wears her little red dress high heels she looks beautiful um and she you know she gets in her ride chair gets to their location it was so crazy because they were in silver lake which you know they didn't mention but silver lake has these swan petal things it's really romantic it is it is quite a nice date however they're always really booked so you know for sure production got them in there anyways they were going um you know on this on this little lake and they're gonna do like this romantic date so she gets there and she's in her high heels i don't know if y'all noticed but she almost fell down the stairs she's super nervous she hasn't seen him in a while she's intimidated by him because she thinks he's super hot but once she sees him she feels the chemistry and the one thing about natalie's like she has her own timeline so they have like an awkward reunion. Like she, she hugged him. They didn't kiss, but it was like awkward. She was being a little bit awkward. And she even says in her own words that she's so desperate for a child. She's coming to the state half naked and paddle boarding where she can't paddle board because she's in these high heels and in a short dress. But he brought her like a jacket to wear and a blanket to put over her legs. And he did all the paddle boarding for her. They did have a nice time, right? So they're paddle boarding uh, in Silver Lake and automatically she has demands already, you guys. She's like, where are my flowers? Like, you didn't bring me any flowers. And I was like, Natalie, like, I don't, I don't get you. Like, I don't get you. Like, why you have such specific demands and whether you're like old school and whatever okay that makes sense but at the same time you can't be so demanding that you just expect everyone to do everything your way and your way is the only way right he already planned this beautiful date why don't you just go with the flow it's only date two right and if if flowers are important to you then tell him that but how would he know since it's only date two right so <clears throat> she does this whole thing where she goes from zero to a thousand in 30 seconds. So not only does she ask about the flowers, she's in her mind says, because he planned this paddle boating and the paddle boating are on these swan, like, you know, plastic swan things that it's a sign from God. And she goes into this whole elaborate story, how swans, they mate for life. Once one swan dies, instead of the swan moving on, the other swan dies and it's it's meant to be. And she thinks that this is a sign from God that they're meant to be. Okay, Natalie, you're doing the most right now. Like, honestly, you're doing the most. <clears throat> so they do that and then they're going to have a nightcap back at the hotel. So he has um, booked a hotel for her and himself, uh, but separate rooms so that she could feel comfortable. And on the way back in the ride chair, she does this weird hand thing where she, he puts his hand down, she puts it over him and does like this weird, like, doo, doo, doo. it's like a spell. 
you are going to fall deeply in love with me. And she says, I am going to be able to hypnotize you. And you're going to fall deeply in love. You're going to marry me. We're going to have children and live happily ever after. Hocus pocus, locus, 1%, 2%, 3%, 4%. <laughs> I made that up. But but you get, get what I'm saying. She did all that. All of that. Vanessa says, he flew her out. That's better than flowers. That part. And Vanessa got her hotel room. And as we're planning all these romantic dates, she needs to, like, calm all the way down. Like, calm down. Um. So, the other, so they get to the hotel. And they're in the lobby. He orders some drinks. And, you know, this is the thing I don't understand about Natalie. Because I feel like she's a walking... I don't know. Like, just like a hypocrite. I don't know. Like, she just, she says, when, like, first she's a vegan, and then she's a, she's vegetarian. She doesn't drink, but then she does drink. Like, I don't even know. Like, I don't even know where she stands anymore. She's 37, but she was 37 three years ago. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what her real story is. All I know is that there's a lot of inconsistencies with her. So he orders drinks. He orders her uh, Casamiga and lime, which... I was fascinated by because she gave Mike so much havoc for drinking. And then she told all of us for the last few years that she's not a drinker. Now she does say on this episode that she hasn't had a drink in nine years, but then you automatically, you're, I, like, I don't know. She just all of a sudden decided that she's going to have a drink and you're going to go straight to tequila. Okay. So I don't know. I don't get it. I just don't, I don't get her. I just don't get her. Um, so she's upset because she spent most of the day without him. She verbalizes that to him. She's like, I got here in the morning and I'm not seeing you till the evening. And he's like, you know, I, I tried, but I work, I'm busy. I have a job. Right. So I did the best that I can. And then she's also upset because she wants to know if he's involved with someone else because she's insecure that he's around models all day, every day. Right. So then she wants a commitment. She wants to be exclusive. You guys now, do you know how much of a red flag that is? Like, think about all my single people. Because, first of all, dating totally does suck, right? Like, it, it sucks. And, you know, it just, it sucks. It's a hard thing to do. I think that if you meet your person really early on in life, you're blessed and lucky. You're in your 30s, even 40s or 50s or 60s, or even, like, almost 70s like Debbie. It's a, it's a harder road because people are kind of stuck in their ways. And they've had, they've lived their lives and all the things. But... Like, you can't expect after a second date as the rule to be like, oh, I want to be exclusive. Honestly. Any single people in the house right now, do you expect to be exclusive after a second date? Please let me know in the comments below. Uh, let me know in the live chat. Just let me know. Let me know however and whenever you're watching this. If you feel like after a second date that you should be exclusive. Like, that's a conversation you should be having. Because I feel... And again, I am definitely no expert. I'm single myself, but I feel like you just take your time to get to know someone. And if it happens, it happens. And as you get to know them and you both decide, hey, this is working out, then, hey, I only want to date you. And do you only want to date me? But like after a second date, stop it. Just stop it. So she goes on to say that she wants to be exclusive with him. And he's like, well, you know, we just need to take time to get to know each other. 
And she's like, well, you know, I'm not used to this. I'm not used to dating someone that I think is hot. I'm not used to someone who's around beautiful people all the time. I'm usually the most beautiful person and I'm usually the one that's in charge. I'm usually the one that's the most beautiful. I'm usually the one that, that gets chased. And so she doesn't like how she's feeling. And so she feels like she's going to have to think about all of these things. So they wrap up their nightcap, you guys, and he walks her to her hotel room and they have the weirdest, most awkward good night ever because, you know, Natalie is always extra with it. So there's like a hug. She laughs. He's trying to like figure out whether he should kiss her, kiss her on the lips, kiss her on the cheek. Like what, what should she, he do? And she keeps bobbing her head around giggling and like, hugging him but awkwardly like sideways around like tap on the back it was all very weird so the end of the night there was no kiss and she literally slams the door in his face and she does that because she's like well i asked him to be exclusive and he didn't answer so he shouldn't he shouldn't want to have sex with me and not be exclusive and i was like oh lord you're just like so over the top like honestly um nocturnal said nocturnal nat says yeah red flag if someone starts talking about that on the second date facts and bougie reads buggy reads says i had friends who want to be exclusive before the first date couldn't be me how do you be exclusive before your first date how's that happen because you know i don't believe I don't believe you're in a real relationship until you re- you meet in real life. I think you guys already know that about me. You can be online friends, online dating forever, but until you meet in real life, it's not a real relationship in my mind. I just, that's how I see it. So anyways, uh, it's the next day. Uh, it's her second day in LA. She hasn't kissed Josh yet because you know she wants a relationship from him. And he is picking her up for another romantic date. Uh, they're going to have a picnic on the beach. He pulls up in a Tesla. She freaks out. She feels like she's living the Hollywood lifestyle. She loves his car. She thinks he's hot. She feels like she's in a Hollywood movie. And she just is loving this, right? She's loving everything about it, which is all the things that she has been thinking about, you know, since she arrived in America. So they drive down the coastline and they find a spot. It looked like PCH to me, um, like Malibu, looked like Malibu. Um, and then they find a place to sit. She automatically goes into the serious mode again. She asks him, you know, why it didn't work out with his ex-wife. And he's like, you know, we were too young. We were too young. I was too young of a, of a man. We had to find ourselves and, you know, it just it didn't work out. Then she wanted to know what happened with the second baby mama. And he's like, it just didn't work out. And then, y'all, she had the audacity to say, first time is a mistake, second time is a habit, and third time is fate. And I was like, this bitch right here, who's already on her third failed marriage, you have the audacity to point the finger? Like, you may not have babies out of it, but you have three marriages that you had not addressed until the online sleuths addressed the fact that you acted like you were married one time, but it wasn't just once. It wasn't just twice. 
three times. So the next marriage you have, if you don't stay with Mike, is going to be the fourth marriage. So who are you to point the finger at this dude who literally has the same amount of exes as you? He just has some babies out of it. Stop it. Stop it. Just stop it. Ridiculous. However, I do have a theory, you guys. And my theory is, I think all of this is for naught. I think that she's going to get back with Mike. I think he's going to take her back. And I think that they're going to be back together because they they're not divorced. They're just separated. And I think that she's going to realize after all these dates that she's gone on that she wants to be with him for the stability and, and, and whatnot. So definitely let me know what you guys think. Cause I think that that's what her end goal is. She's going to be like, um, I still love him and I want to be with him. All right. Caesar. Oh, Caesar, 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 Caesar. I don't know what to say about you. I honestly just don't know what to say about Caesar. I don't know what to say. You guys. Okay. Okay. Let me just, just, let me just go into the review. I want to say so much, but I'm not going to. Okay. So he's at a wine and design situation where he's painting and drinking wine. He's deciding that he is um, going to paint his cat, which I thought was really interesting. Plus you guys know how I feel about cats. So it was like a whole thing for me. Um, <clears throat> two women sitting side by side, two women sitting on each side of him and he's like testing out his game and so he says to one of them are you a runner because you're running through my mind all day okay caesar you're almost 50 like just don't just don't do that women we we don't like it we don't like the stupid corny lines we think it's stupid just don't do it right so he's reminiscing about how he thought he would be you know settled down by now he's almost 50 and he thought he would be married and, and all of that by now, but he's still single and he doesn't want to be single, you know, moving into his 50th year. Now, this is going to sound harsh, but come on, we know Caesar. So he's flirting with the Black women, Latisse, to his right. And I was like, he's not really flirting with her. This is just fodder because we all know that Caesar has a Ukraine woman fetish that he really can't let go of. And not just a Ukraine woman, a blonde hair, blue eyed woman fetish. Now, I have to tell you, I have to tell you that he has said some horrible things in the past about Black women. And I'm so curious to know what his history is like. You know, he's black. He's blacker than me. And he, so obviously you have a black mama and a black daddy. Like, what's your family story? And what's that situation like? Because I want to know where this self-hatred is coming from. Like, I really do. I really want to know. And you know what? You can love whoever you want to love. But he has said some terrible things about black women. So it's not even just like, oh, I prefer to date outside my race. It was, oh, I prefer to date outside my race. And plus also too. Blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to repeat it, but blah, 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 about Black women. And I was just like, oh, so you just, oh, you have issues. You have issues. So, and I want to know what his family issues are. It's really kind of sad to me because that, to me, translates into self-hate. 
So anyways, he's painting a picture of his cat, Sebastian, who he tells the audience is his best friend. He's been lonely for a long time, so we got a cat um, ever since Maria broke his heart. Now, he says Maria is his ex-girlfriend, but you never met her in real life. All you did was send her money every month and talk to her and not talk to her, talk to her, but like text with her and pay to have her companionship online. So I don't know how that translates to her being your ex of five years. Like, just stop it. Just stop it. Sounds stupid. You sound stupid. You never even met this woman. You never, ever met this woman. You say you're in a relationship with someone for five years who you never met in real life. That is not a relationship. She is not your ex-girlfriend. Okay? Let's just be real about that. So... He says Maria, his ex, broke his heart. They talked online and on the phone for five years. He used to send her $800 every two weeks. Um, but she would never meet up with him. And when he wanted to go to the Ukraine to meet her, she said it was too dangerous. So he booked that trip to Mexico. She never showed up. She called him and said it's over. And at the end of the day, he's out 40 k so again, how does that make you your ex? It just makes you a chump. It makes you a chump who got run by a woman who was overseas. And you don't even know if it's a woman, to be honest. You were like catfished. You were you were taken advantage of. You were scammed, all the things. But yeah, we can sit here and say that that was your ex, if that makes you feel better. So he gets home from his paint and sip and he's exercising a little bit it was weird because he's in his full jeans jeans and a, a, a t-shirt and then he says and laura i'm addressing it right now then he says he's looking for someone around his age and then he says 32 to 40. um what you're 50 almost. 32 to 40 is not around your age. 32 to 40, you should be saying 40 to 50 in that 10-year age bracket. Or you can say 30 to 50 and be like, I don't mind if there's a 20-year bracket. But what's what you're not about to say is someone who is close to your age, just like Laura said, I just joined, so might have said this already, but I died when Caesar said he wanted someone around his age, then said 30 to 40. Bro, you're 50. That part. That part. That part, Laura. Oh, Lord. So <clears throat> he's saying that he's tried for the last couple of years to date locally, but he's not having any luck. And what we find out is that he's still riding his bike after all these years. Like, I don't even know if he has a car. Maybe he doesn't need a car. Maybe he's eco-friendly. I don't know. But he still rides his bike with the helmet and then those weird gloves that he puts on, which I'm, I won't say anything about. But the the American gloves, you guys, okay. Like, just okay. So he's decided he's going to go back to online dating. And... Katarina is a professional matchmaker that he found in Ukraine. And so he is going to go to the, he's going to go to Ukraine to find the love of his life. So he didn't learn anything with Maria. He, for some reason has a super fetish for Ukraine women. And so he's going to pay someone, Katarina, a bunch of money. He's going to get a hotel. He's going to buy his flight and he's going to go over there 
to find the love of his life. Now, we don't know how long he's going to stay there. It sounds exactly like, remember David, you guys? It sounds exactly like a David situation. Back in David's day, they had catalogs of women. Now, it's the same thing without the catalog. It's just an online link. So she, Katerina, is going to pick out women that are compatible or interested in Caesar, send him the link. He's going to go through the link, just like as if he's going through a catalog of the women that he's attracted to. And then those women are going to show up at the meet and greet. Now, I don't know about you guys. Like, I don't know how it works. I honestly don't know how it works. I've never, I don't know a matchmaker. I don't know anyone that has met through a matchmaker. Maybe that's just common practice, but it just sounds a little degrading to me. It sounds like, hey, I don't know. I don't know. What do you guys think? I just can't wrap my mind around it. So this woman has like a catalog of women that she sends to random men who pay her to match them with them. And then they do a greeter. So then the women show up and the men pay to show up. And then you do the, I don't know. Maybe it's like speed dating. I don't, I don't know. Someone explain it to me because I'm just, I have a hard time wrapping my mind around it. So he's going to go to the Ukraine. He's going to go to Ukraine to find the love of his life. And the producer asks him, so you basically, well, not even ask him. She makes a statement, says, you basically only like Ukrainian women. And he laughs. Vanessa says, a modern day mail order bride, that part. So he laughs. He doesn't really answer, but he says this. He's interested in Ukrainian women because they are articulate, motivated, intelligent, smart, funny, and they care about their men for their soul. And my answer to that is like, how would you know that? How would you know that? You not actually really dated a Ukrainian woman. You had a Ukrainian online friend who you sent money to, $1,600 a month. You never met her. So how do you know that she's intelligent? How do you know she's smart and caring? How do you know that she's motivated and intelligent? You might know she's motivated to take your money. You might know she's intelligent because she was able to swindle you for five years. But how do you know all Ukrainian women are like, are, are all the things that you're saying? Because you actually never been in a relationship with a, with a real Ukrainian woman. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, it's just all... It's all too much for me. Like, Caesar, you're too much for me right now. Like, you're too much. You say a lot, you do a lot, but it's not based in any type of logic, in my opinion. So, <clears throat> Katrina is going to email a list of ladies according to his preferences, and he's going to be able to pick who he likes. Then he'll go to the meet and greet. Then he'll select who he likes from the meet and greet in real life. And um, then they can decide if they're going to go on one-on-one -on -one dates. Now, what the what TLC wanted to make sure that we knew is that they filmed all of this prior to the Russia invasion of Ukraine. And Caesar's a little bit worried that he spent his life saving. So whatever he saved from trying to recuperate the monies that he lost from Maria, he's now spending to go to U Ukraine again on um, Katarina's fees, right? Which start at $500 plus the flight, plus the hotel, any other incidentals, right? So, you know, he's spending money out of pocket, again, to be in the same situation really that he was in before. 
So he's a little worried that he shouldn't be going to Ukraine uh, because, you know, he's researching the tensions between Russia and Ukraine, and he's curious to know if it's safe to go. I think, I think that, uh, you guys, I just think that, like, what, who is this dude? Like, what, what is this fetish? Like, what is it? Like, honestly, what is it? What is it? It's like Richard and his Asian fetish. Like, what is it, you guys? I, I'm trying to wrap my mind around it. So he meets with his friend April at the bar. It's the night before he's leaving for Ukraine because he wants to go through his Ukraine options. And she, he knows that she's going to tell him, like, the truth and be honest with him. And she says, you know, don't just go off of looks. And, you know, how do you know this isn't a scam like the last time? And, you know, why are you doing this, basically? She's like, you have all this love for someone that you've never met. And, you know, I wish that I could have this amount of love for someone that I know. Like, she, and, and then when she said that, you guys, I was like, why doesn't he just date her? Because, you know a lot of the best relationships come from your best friend. So if you guys have been friends for so long and obviously she knows all your quirks and your, all your stuff, Caesar, why not date her? She's blonde, right? Which is right up your alley. She's local, which would be easier for you. She's age appropriate, which would be easier for you. Why not date April? Because he want, literally wants the Ukraine model type that he thinks is going to be submissive to her, to him. And he thinks it's going to be like, oh, I have my, you know, Barbie side piece. And guess what? He's going to be, he's in for a rude awakening, you guys. He's in for a really rude awakening. <clears throat> I just think, date, date April. You know her. She's, she, you know, she's blonde hair, blue eye like you like. Make that happen. So it's the next day. He's packing for his trip. His friend Chewy, uh, who is allegedly his best friend, uh, picks him up to take him to the airport. Now, what we find out about Chewy is that Caesar used to date his sister Liz, and Liz used to be his first love, and it didn't work out with them. So they grew apart, didn't work out, but Caesar remained friends with Chewy, the brother. And so, you know, they're besties. Now Chewy tells him to be careful, you know, don't let women take advantage of you. You know, he thinks, Chewy thinks that there's a big likelihood that he could get, he meaning Caesar, could get scammed again. And so he's just worried about that, right? Because he thinks that, you know, Caesar's easily manipulated. So Caesar gets on the plane, he lands in the Ukraine, and he is meeting the matchmaker in the hotel lobby, uh, Katerina. She gives her, like, pedigree how she's matched 70, couple, 70 couples that she still stays in contact with since 2013, um, lets him know that there will be 15 ladies at the meet and greet, um, then you can see who likes you. And then if you guys have a match, then you guys can go on a one-on-one -on -one date. And then he says something that I was just totally like, I just, <clears throat> I 
I just think his self-hate is real. That's all, you guys. And I feel bad for him. So he says out loud that he's getting purple, but you can't see me blush because I'm dark, he says. Those are his words. And I just feel sad for him. I do. I feel sad for him. I think he has a lot of self-hatred for who he is. And I don't know what his storyline is and and why he feels that way. But as an almost 50-year-old man who hasn't come to terms with who he is, I just think it's sad. So she goes on to explain that she doesn't have a lot of Black clients. He talks about how he's the only African-American he sees in the Ukraine. And, um, you know, so obviously race is an issue for him and also for her. But at the meet and greet, uh, he thinks he's going to stand out. And what he doesn't know about the meet and greet is that he thinks those 15 women are all just there for him. But he finds out that once he gets into the limo, there are other men who are on route to the mixer. So there are three other guys. Uh, this Jerry guy who was looking at Caesar like he was not impressed. And why? Why do you guys ask he was not impressed? Because Caesar rolled up in this little outfit, which I died, you guys. I said, first of all, what in the ill-fitting tuxedo are you wearing? Where did you get that tuxedo? Did you rent it? Do you own it? Where did you get that friggin' top hat? Who told you this was a good idea? You look like 100% clown material. I don't know why production allowed him to do this. I don't know if he didn't run this by his friend Chewy or his friend April. But I'll tell you, in 2022, you look like a goddamn fool, fool. Like a fool, fool. Like a full-on fool, fool. Meanwhile... One guy's in a regular suit. Another guy is like just like in like a Mac jacket type thing. Another guy's just wearing a button-down shirt. This fool comes in with this. Like, come on, you guys. Like, honestly, 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 your date or potential date or future date or blind date rolls up in a tuxedo and a top hat. Stop it. Just stop it. Just stop it. Just stop it. So, <laughs> Caesar's surprised to see that there are other men that are going to be on this meet and greet. Uh, one guy's like a Bitcoin investor. Another guy's a golfer. The other one is like some, I don't know. He said it was an online worker. Caesar described him as an international businessman, but that is absolutely not what he said. He said, I do my work online, but he didn't specify what that work was. And then... They're like, you know, you know, why are you here? And, you know, what, what's your situation? And he said that, quote, okay, Caesar said, Christ compels you to love Ukrainian women. And that he was a nail tech. All I can say, you guys, is I just, I cannot, I cannot. I wish him well, but I just think that he has a lot of deep rooted issues and I feel bad for him. I really do. I feel bad for him. This is an interesting little story. 
Gotta be me said matchmakers were very common going back. My grandmother took a subway to New York City from Brooklyn to secretly register with register me with the matchmaker and told me I'd get a call from someone who'd say they were her friend. Well, that's kind of cool. I mean, back in the days, relationships seemed to last longer. So maybe matchmaking works. I don't know. Like I said, I've never met a matchmaker and I don't know anyone um, that has was matchmade. Uh, but, you know, that's okay. That doesn't mean anything. Oh, this picture is so small. It's okay, though. All right. Next up, Debbie. You guys, I am so happy for Debbie. And it's probably because I'm being super biased because, first of all, any of my Patreon subscribers, Vanessa, if you're still kicking it in there. Um, and I thought I saw Mandy. Anyways, remember months and months and months ago? Months ago. I want to say six months ago. Eight months ago. I told you about Debbie's Canadian. Actually, I think it was last year, you guys. When we talked about Debbie's Canadian boyfriend. And I told you that he was from Vancouver. And I told you some other things that we're going to talk about tomorrow on News and Gossip. But do you guys remember that when I told you? I'm so happy. I'm so happy that they're still together. And I'm so happy that he got to film with her. But yeah, do you remember that? It was like last year, such old news, but new news to everyone else. So I may be biased because he's he is from Vancouver, Port Coquitlam, which I thought was super cute that she didn't know how to say Port Coquitlam, but you know, it's a suburb of of Vancouver. And I love them together. I love them together, you guys. So, look, I love them together. I, I do. I do. So, take it with that grain of salt. So, she's dancing. She looks great. She started dating for the first time in, in 40 years, she said. She's been single for 13 years. She's, you know, dedicated her life to her son, which we all know, Colt. Uh, lived with Colt her full, her whole life. Um but things aren't good with them right now. You know, I do know that they have a codependent relationship and it's true, right? Because we've seen it with Colt. We've seen it with everyone that Colt has dated and how really at the end of the day, Debbie, since her husband passed, looks at Colt as her son, looks at Colt as her best friend and looks at Colt as a pseudo husband, right? Her emotional support system, everything and everything goes through Colt. And I get it on the one hand because that's all she has. So she clings on tight to him. But on the other hand, you know, I know it must be hard for her as a mom who has to let her child have his own life to feel scared and to feel lonely and to feel upset that that person who has been your bestie for your whole life is now wanting to live his own life. So, you know, I get, I see both sides of it and it's really sad because they are really codependent. Um, but she says she's ready to make her own life now, which is why I'm super happy that she found this Canadian dude, because, you know, Canadians are very lovable, lovable, and we are also very kind. And I think that's exactly what Debbie needs in her life. She needs kindness and she needs a bunch of love. And I love this for her. So she talks a little bit about her husband that passed. Um, she met her husband when she was 31. His name was Harley. Uh, she felt like it was destiny. They uh, met. They went on a date. She went home with him the first night. And six months later, they were married. And a year and a half after that, they had Colt. They were married for 27 years uh, until he passed away 13 years ago. 
Uh, and this is the part that I'm like, Bleh. hey, Megan, hey, girl, hey, happy Friday. Hey, Radella, hey, girl, hey, happy Friday. Um, her and her husband used to love cats. At one point, they used to have 15 fosters. Um, and right now, she has five cats, plus she has five cat ashes from those that passed away in her house uh, right beside her husband's ashes so that they're all together and I just that's all I'm going to say about it you guys like if you see me I have I'm just my hairs are raising I cannot it's <sighs> anyways Debbie was 56 when her husband passed away and she was single for you know 13 years and but now she's ready for love and she's ready to be single and mingle and so she gets ready she's got this beautiful sparkly shirt on the short black skirt white boots that reminded me of her go-go days because if you guys don't know she was like a infamous go-go girl and i can't remember the name it's a famous club and i probably should remember the name of it but in hollywood on sunset boulevard back in her days there was like a go-go bar and she was a go-go dancer at like one of the most famous clubs in California maybe Vanessa will know Vanessa always knows um but yeah she and she was gorgeous she still is gorgeous she looks amazing I mean she's 70 Angela is like 50 something and she looks younger and more beautiful in my opinion than Angela um so <clears throat> She's out for a girl's night out. She's out with her friend Don and Audrey and some other chick. And she lets them know that she met the, the whiskey. It's Vanessa said. Is it called the whiskey a go-go or am I just making that up? But whatever it was, she was a famous, infamous, I should say, go-go dancer back in her day. And I, so I love it. I love it. I love everything about it. I love that she's like, out there, I think she looks amazing for being almost 70. I just, I love everything about it. I'm, I'm team Debbie for sure. So she's out on, on a girl's night out. She tells her friends about Tony, who she met, who's from Canada, from Vancouver, from Port Coquitlam. And they've been chatting uh, on the telephone and texting, but they haven't seen each other in real life yet. But she feels like there's a connection there. Uh, she talks a little bit about her Bob. Bob is her other boyfriend. <laughs> uh, that was funny. Battery operated Bob. And so she's excited to, cause they planned a video date. So she's excited for that video date. She wants to fall in love for the last time, spend the rest of her golden years, you know, with someone she loves. And uh, I love it. I love it for her. I love everything about it for her. Like everything about it. I wanted to put this up, but like the photo for some reason didn't turn out, but let's just say that Debbie's looking amazing. Her hair looks great. Her little style is a really cute little style. I'm all for it. Um, so they have their video date and it goes really, really well, you guys. And again, you know, cause he's Canadian, he's awesome. Um, but he's never been to Vegas, which I thought was interesting. He's strictly a Pacific Northwest guy. So he's been to like Tacoma and Seattle, Washington, 
um, but nowhere further. So this is kind of a big deal for him to offer to come to Vegas, you know, to see his new woman. I thought that was really adorable. So he's going to come to visit Debbie. They flirt a little bit and have really good interaction online on the FaceTime call that they had. Debbie says, Merry Christmas to Debbie. He looks like a skinny Santa Claus because he's got the white beard, the white long hair. And I was like, I'm loving this for her, you guys. I absolutely am loving this for her. I really, really am. Uh, then she talks about a little bit of the stuff that she's going through. So Colt moved out a month ago and she hasn't seen her talk to him since he moved out. And it's the longest time for her to not to have talked to her son. And as you know, him and Vanessa just had enough of Debbie. And so then Colt says that he's coming over to pick up some things for the first time in a month. She's going to see him and everything went awry. You guys, it was terrible. I felt so sad for both of them because it's clear they're not communicating um, properly, you know what I mean? And and it's clear that they're codependent and it's clear that she really has hung on to her child for too long and he wants his independence, but he doesn't know how to share that properly and use his words, right? So he comes in wearing this, I don't know what he had on you guys. He had like a robe and some shorts. His hair was longer. He had the scruffy beard. I don't know what's going on with Colt. He was like a broke down ninja warrior who was affected by the COVID-30, like all of us. Like he just looked a hot mess, in my opinion. So <clears throat> Colt automatically is like attacking to her. He's like, you know, you treat me poorly. You treat me like a child. You need to respect me. And she's like, you know, did you ever think that you think that we're codependent, but I'm the one that needs you. I'm the one that wants to be with you because like you all, you're all I have. Right. And then he gets mad at them. He's like, you know that here we go. Debbie with the guilt trips, you're guilt tripping me. You're guilt tripping me. He cusses and he walks out and leaves. And so she follows him out to the garage and she's like sad and she's crying. She's like, you don't care about me. Your dad would be so disappointed in you. And he's like, I don't care. And he cusses again at her. And then he jumps into his car. And I don't know if you guys noticed this, but uh, I don't know if you guys saw the Uber sign in his car. I was like, oh my God, Colt's an Uber driver. Can you imagine being in Vegas and Colt rolls up and he's your Uber driver? That would be crazy. Wasn't he like an engineer or something before? Like, I don't know. Life is rough right now. Uh, so I'm not mad. Like, get it in when you can get it in because it's it's rough. Everything costs every too much. You know, food. The amount that we have to pay for food right now, you guys, is outrageous. It's outrageous. Like, I don't even know. I don't even know how people think we should be able to eat healthy when everything costs like an arm and a leg right now. So I'm not mad at the Uber sign because you got to do what you got to do in these these streets. And these streets are expensive now. So he leaves. Debbie starts crying. She's super upset. Uh, Tony calls her and she's crying, telling what Colt said to her and how Colt was mean to her. And I just love that he comforted her. He comforted her and he was there for her. And it was just really sweet. And I'm totally team Debbie and team Tony. I'm, I'm for this one. I really like it. 
So anyways, it's the next day. She's still upset, but she's getting ready uh, for her date because Tony's coming into town. And so she's packing and she's packing all kinds of sexy, you guys. She's packing sexy underwears, uh, glow-in-the-dark condoms, fruit-flavored condoms. Debbie's about to get her groove back. Groove back. Raydella said, and gas is going up again. Let me tell you something, you guys. The best thing that I ever did, well, not ever did, but the best thing I did in the last five years was get a little electric car. I don't know what gas prices is. I are, I don't know. I just know that they're high and outrageous. Um, but listen, y'all, EV is the way to go. Get yourself a little electric car. It doesn't have to be a fancy Tesla. Like what's this dude? Josh, is that his name? Natalie's guy could just be a little, you know, cute, whatever you want. Um, and you will save so much money. You will save so much money. Anyways, on to the next day, and it's her birthday, right? So how great of her to be able to meet her new boy, toy, slash, bae, slash, boyfriend, slash, future husband uh, on her birthday. It's beautiful. So she's in the hotel lobby. She's nervous. She has a glass of wine. She sees him come in, and it, it was a super adorable meet cute, you guys. She bought him flowers, they hug, and not only do they hug, like they hold on to each other, like they've known each other forever. You could you could feel the chemistry through the screen. They do a big hug, they have big kisses, and I am here for it. I loved it. I loved everything about it. I was like, oh my God, this is exactly what Debbie deserves, exactly what she needs, and I'm here for it. Now, Debbie, you know, because she's a little bit older, so she says whatever the F she wants. She said that she wanted to F his brains out. She wanted to go upstairs immediately and F his brains out. Oh, Lord, Debbie. We know you're ready. We know you're prepared because you brought all the condoms. Uh, he too thinks she's hot. He loves what she's wearing. He loves her red hair. And we find out that he's been single for the last five years. So he's ready to be in a relationship too. So it's perfect timing. They both start holding hands and they just have a special connection and they go outside for a little bit. They sit by the fireplace. She gets hot, uh, cold. He's like, well, do you want to come up to my room? And she's like, yes, I do. They go up to his room. They start making out, having sexy time. They fall on the bed and you know, the jiggy jiggy was about to be jiggying on. Hey, Esprey. Hey, Dustin. So I am so happy and excited for Debbie because you know what? She deserves all the happiness. I'm 100% for it. And I really like Tony. And yes, I'm biased because he's from Vancouver. Next up, Tanya. Tanya, she's in the pool. She's topless. She's swimming in Aruba. She's having these island vibes. She's trying to heal her broken heart, all the things, you know, that she's, I personally think that she's not over Sinjin. And and why I say that is because every other sentence, she brings up his name. And also too, the fact that she doesn't want to divorce him on paper. I have a feeling like she wants to get back together with him. And I think that she thinks she's on a break 
And like she continues to say, they're separated, but they're not divorced. So separated means you can get back together any moment. So she talks about Sinjin and how they were separated uh, seven months ago, how the stress of, of him wanting to have a carefree lifestyle, not having kids and his drinking was just really too much for her. And those were deal breakers for her. And then so she says that they love each other so much, but love is not enough to make a full marriage. Now, everything she's saying there, you guys, again, makes me pause. It gives me pause because it sounds to me like, A, you're not over it, and B, you don't want to be over it, and C, that you think at some point that you're going to get back together. And so right now, you're just off doing your own thing. He's off doing his own thing. But I wouldn't be surprised by the end of the season of Single Life that they somehow connect. I wouldn't be surprised, you guys. I really, really wouldn't be surprised. S. Foray says, it's funny since, you know, he wasn't her soulmate. Right, that part. So, while she's on this separation break, she is exploring her sexuality. She's exploring sex. Um, and while she's in Aruba, she's thinking about all the things uh, I don't know. She said some stuff like, I think she said BSM and like going to group parties as if she was a swinger, all the things she wants to explore all the sex and all the sexuality. Um, and so on the one hand, she wants to date and have fun. But on the other hand, she wants to settle down. But I don't even think she really does want to settle down, you guys. If she wants to settle down again, I think she wants to settle down with Sinjin. I really do believe that. <clears throat> so she met a guy named Joel, 35, from Aruba. Uh, she met him, and he's a bartender, just like Sinjin was a bartender when they met on vacay. And uh, for the past 16 years, he was living in the Netherlands but then moved back to Aruba to have more of a like low-key, slow-paced lifestyle. But then again, Tanya's like, she's going to go on a, a date with this guy, but, quote, her words, she's worried she won't find someone who loved her as deeply and unconditionally as Sinjin did. And then she goes on to say this is the first date that she's been on since Sinjin. And it's like every five seconds she's talking about Sinjin. So to me... Again, I'm saying like, I don't think she's over him at all. I don't think she's over him. And I uh, honestly think that she wants to get back together with him. And like I said, I don't. I wouldn't be surprised if they do get back together. Because she's so anti-divorce that it just doesn't make sense. Unless there's an underlying story to it. And the underlying story is this is all just for TV. And they're going to get back together. Um, so Joel, Joel's hot. He, you know, she calls him a pretty boy. Uh, she says he has nice features and she's excited to go on this, this day date with him. So she's putting on her bikini, getting all ready for, um, their date to the national park that they're going to, they're going to go to the caves. They're going to go to the beach. They're going to spend the whole day together. Now she's nervous because she's not good at small talk. And when she is nervous, she laughs a lot. And so they're driving in, the, he picks her up, they're driving in the car, and 
you know, she's saying that she's talking about her dating history, that she is newly separated. She doesn't say divorced, newly separated. And Joel's like, what do you mean separated? Like, are you separated or are you divorced? And she's like, well, I tell people I'm divorced, but like, we haven't done the paperwork. And Joel has a huge issue with it. He thinks like, well, why? Why aren't you getting divorced? And she's like, well, I just don't think paperwork means that much. And Joel's like, well, it meant much when you got married. Right? Because if it didn't mean much, then you wouldn't have just gotten married. You'd just have been together and been a couple. And it didn't mean anything to you because paperwork is nothing. But now that you are supposed to get divorced, now all of a sudden you don't believe in paperwork? Okay. So he's like, well, that means you're still married. And he thinks it's weird. And he has a he's bothered by it. And he's like, you know, if we're going to have a second or a third or a fourth date, I would really take issue to the fact that you're still a married woman and you don't seem like you're doing anything about not being a married woman. And she's like, well, you know, I'm the one that decided to end the marriage. And I was like, uh, that is absolutely not true. If we go back to her season and even back to Sinjin's single life season, He's the one that was like, I can't do this and I'm going to leave. And she didn't want to leave. Remember, she didn't want to break up. She wanted to work it out. And he was like, done. Do you guys remember that? Or am I or am I misremembering? And that's rhetorical because I know I'm not misremembering. But she's twisting the narrative and saying that she's the one that decided to end the marriage because she wasn't happy. Um, And that she's fine. There's no lingering emotional ties and she's not trying to be with them and i was like the simple fact that you mentioned sinjin every other sentence every other sentence tells me that you are absolutely not emotionally over it you absolutely are still tied to him the fact that you don't want to get legally divorced says a whole lot about where you are in the in your separation so like these are all words tanya these are all words, and I don't even know if you should be dating because you're going to just absolutely bring someone into some brokenness, and you need to fix yourself first, and you need to fix your heart first, and you need to decide where what you truly want in your life. Yeah, Rodella said, nope, you're right, that part, because I knew I was right, because I remember, I remember that whole situation, how that whole thing went down. Veronica, 36, besties with Tim, her ex-boyfriend. Now they're like, she says they're like bestie girlfriend slash brother sister. Um, they have a, uh, because I'm not, I don't, I don't know Tim's, I don't get Tim. You guys, I don't get him. If someone in the live chat is here that can explain what whole, Tim's whole situation to me please do because i don't understand him like i don't i just don't understand his whole vibe i i don't understand his whole vibe i just don't but anyways that's her ex from years and years ago and they're on her bed they're doing massages and facials and hanging out because they're besties you know she gives a little bit of her story that she got pregnant at 20 and comes from a very strict family. So they said that she had to get married. Her marriage only lasted a year and a half and then she got divorced. Right after she got divorced, she met Tim at a bar where she was like dared or whatever 
to kiss the first dude that she saw. And Tim was the first dude that she saw from there. They were in a relationship, but it didn't work out. And now they're like family. Um, and Tim is like a father figure to Chloe. And the producer's like, well, have you ever considered getting back together? And she's like, oh, no. And we find out that he tried to get back together with her um, that first year after they broke up. And he tried everything, emails, sent friends over, sent flowers, all the things, but she wasn't having it. And now she's looking for love in her life uh, because she doesn't want to be alone. She doesn't want to die alone. And she wants to she wants to find love like we all do. So she met someone online and tells Tim that he kind of looks like Tim because he's got dark hair, light eyes. His name is Justin. And apparently Justin doesn't drink very much. He's a vegan. He has two kids. Um, same baby mama. Uh, his kids are four and eight and he's never been married. And Tim says automatically that he doesn't like this guy. Now, Tim is hating from the jump, which I find like, this is what I'm saying. Like, I don't get his whole situation. So he's super protective of Veronica and he wants her to date, but he doesn't want her to date. It seems like, and he hates on the people that she's dating. He, he talks shit to her saying, Oh, you know, your dates never, or your relationship never lasts longer than six months. Um, but then when she starts to date, no one's even met this guy in real life, her or Tim. And he's already like, Oh, I already hate this guy. And then goes on to say, tells her to her face, tells the whole world that he thinks that Veronica is hard to date because she's independent and men in the South especially don't like that. You guys, what? This woman is a single mom. She's having to be independent. Yes, she wants love. And of course she wants to to share the responsibilities of life with a life partner. But at the same time as a single mom, she's got to do what the fuck she's got to do. So of course she's going to be independent. So now you're saying, Tim, that men don't like that, especially in the South because she's independent. Well, what should she have done? What should she have done? Curled up in a corner with her kid that she has to raise by herself? Stop it. Just stop it. So Veronica shows Tim what... Justin looks like and it's like a shirtless photo. Justin has abs and Tim is checking out Justin's abs and literally says his abs. Yeah, they're on point. Okay, Tim. But overall, he's like poo-pooing on this relationship that hasn't even started. It hasn't even began yet. They haven't even met and he's already poo-pooing all over it. And I was like, well, why are you hating on her so much? You're telling her that she's too independent. You're telling her that she's too difficult to date. She finally finds a date. And then you're like, oh, I hate this dude. Like it's a lose-lose situation, it sounds like. So it's the next day. It's the date day uh, with Justin. Uh, they're meeting at like a bar or whatever restaurant. And he shows up with flowers. They hug. Um, and it seemed, uh, it seemed like there was a little bit of a connection. Uh, he tells her that he's big on fitness. He's big on health. He reads like health journals and all the things. It's just like his thing. Um, but then it was weird because I guess they ordered their appetizer and their appetizer was like cheese and meats and all the stuff. And I was like, well, I thought he was a vegan. Like, how does that work? So something I noticed. Did you guys notice that as well? 
Anyway, so having small talk, uh, Veronica gives us a peek into who she is as well. Uh, apparently, in college, she took a course called Circus Skills and Acrobatic Acrobatics, where she learned all about the circus and all about acrobats. I guess she loves. <clears throat> excuse me. She loves magic. In her even before university, she went to magic camp. And so she loves all juggling. She loves clowns. She loves all of that stuff. And he's like, okay, prove it. And so she tries to juggle and she didn't do very well. Uh, but it was a fun little like antidote. So she invites Justin. There's no Tim. She invites, no, Justin. Justin, Tim, Tim, Justin, Justin, Tim. She invites Justin back to her place for a nightcap and when she gets there guess what tim's waiting sitting there like a weirdo stalker and they're looking at him and i'm looking at him like what are you doing here and he just wants to make sure that she got home safe from her date it was like super awkward so awkward that veronica walks away tries to make some drinks in the in the kitchen and tim's just sitting there looking at justin all awkward all silent just sitting there like a weirdo. Like, what, what's happening here? It was so awkward. I was even sitting on my couch like, why is this so awkward? I feel awkward for you. <clears throat> so then um, finally, Tim asked Justin, you know, what did you think about her? Which I thought was like a weird, out of place thing to say. Like, it's not your business. It's not your business. Like, who are you? And um, so Veronica comes back into the living room. Tim's like, oh, it's, you know, it's getting late. I should go. Do you want me to walk Justin out? You know, because it is getting late. And I was like, oh, so you're just, like she said, you're just cock blocking her left, right, and center. You don't even know how the date went. And you're forcing this dude who didn't even get his nightcap to leave because you want to leave and you just want to make sure that she doesn't have a good time with this dude. Like, <sighs> why are you being this way? Why Why are you not allowing Veronica to find her happiness? Why are you not allowing her to try to date outside of you? Yes, you guys are besties. And yes, you're like the father figure, but you ain't her man. Why? Why, Tim? Why are you doing this? And I get being like protective of your friends, but he's going above and beyond. Like he literally is cock blocking her and telling her she's hard to date. So what, she can be single forever? That part, Radella said, who died and left him in charge? That part, let her live her life. Take several seats and several steps back, Tim, because, you know, you say you love her and you want, you know, you want her to find happiness. Well, you don't say that, but I'm assuming as her best friend that that's what you would want. So then go ahead and do that. Let her find her happiness. You, let her have a chance. This dude hasn't even done anything terrible. And you're already out the gate making it a bad situation for her. Anyways, you guys, that was the single live episodes one and two of season three. We're all caught up now. Uh, happy Friday to you guys. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for so much for sharing your thoughts. Um, don't forget to like and subscribe. Tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend to come on over. And I'll see my Patreon people tomorrow. I know that I have to catch up with news and gossip as well. I'm catching up, you guys. It's just been so crazy. Fall TV is back. So 
there are press junkets left, right, and center. Uh, the Catalina Film Festival. I've been doing that. This is a lot going on. But I'm here, and I'm catching us up. Bye for now. <laughs>